welcome to the Precision Guided Podcast, the official podcast of the Georgetown Security Studies Review, where we cover all things national security, military, foreign policy, and history. Thank you for joining us today. I'm your host, Chris Bull. We're excited to have you join us for our first episode in a new series where we sit down with SSP alumni to discuss career and life advice. Today's guest is Mike Sexton to talk about how Georgetown influenced his career in cybersecurity. Mike is a senior policy advisor to the National Security Program at Third Way, focused on cybersecurity issues. Mike has published articles and reports on cyber attacks, cryptography, and their implications for national security, human security, and international norms. He also serves as a managing editor for Charge d'Affaires, the official journal of young professionals in foreign policy. Mike, thank you for joining us today. We're thrilled to have you here to share some insights and advice and wisdom with the SS peers. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. Great. All right. Well, let's dive right in then. Mike, can you tell us a bit about yourself? You know, what was your concentration while at SSP, uh, a bit of your professional or academic experience before the Security Studies program, uh, maybe some extracurricular activities you were involved in um, at Georgetown or um, any other university activities? Yeah. So my concentration was in technology and security. I was mostly interested in studying um, issues around cyber warfare, which was not not as as a front page of a subject in 2014 as it is these days. Before SSP, I'd actually never taken a political science class before. I was a math major in college with a minor in Middle Eastern studies and had spent a year working um, managing a, a database of, of suicide terrorist attacks for a political science professor. Um, but decided the best way to kind of um, wrap together all the subjects that I had studied um, and really put them to, to good use would be to get a graduate degree, probably in national security studies, where having that technical expertise in, in math, familiarity with computer science and, um, and issues like encryption in particular uh, would be would be most uh, helpful as supplemental uh, subject matter expertise. While I was at while I was at SSP, I'd always had at some point uh, or at, at, at all points had either, you know, a part time job as a research assistant uh, in my first quarter or uh, one or multiple internships <laughs> to try to beef up my my resume since in college. Uh, you know, I I had not I, I just worked part time as uh, as an alumni fundraising caller. So I wanted to beef up my resume with as much actual work experience as possible. And in addition to that was working as a contributor and then an editor to the Georgetown Security Studies Review. Uh, my last quarter, I had uh, joined the student council. So in all of those different ways, uh, was really engaged in the in the community of of students as a, as a member of the program. As for why I chose SSP, I mean the the reason to me is very clear. I uh, had uh, gotten into three programs. I got into Georgetown, Johns Hopkins, and Columbia. And uh, I wasn't able to make Columbia's info session because it was the same time as it was like the same weekend as as Georgetown and Johns Hopkins. So I, I had to choose right there and saw Columbia didn't have any classes on cyber warfare or policy issues. So I did. I went to visit Johns Hopkins and I went to visit Georgetown. Um, each of them only had in their class directories one class each on cyber warfare. 
So I went to Georgetown and I asked, so I'm really interested in specializing in cyber warfare and policy issues. And I only see one class offered here about it. Uh, what what are some other opportunities to work on this area that I can that I can kind of take advantage of? And uh, they said, that's great. Yes, we we really need more people like you. Here is a student who runs uh, the cyber warfare working group. And, you know, he should be able to help you think of some more extracurricular activities, internships, and other research opportunities that that should uh, be of interest to you. Uh, at Johns Hopkins, I asked the same question, and the the speaker just kind of shrugged and said, you know, it's a lot of really classified stuff right now, so I just don't, you know, you'd need to ask somebody else. I honestly don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm glad to see these days uh, Johns Hopkins uh, as well as as well as Georgetown have have much much more programming and uh, SICE at Johns Hopkins now has I mean a lot of great offerings from uh, the Alperovich Center to hiring the great cyber warfare scholar Thomas Ridd. So it's good to see that they've caught up. In 2014, they just were not there yet. So I said, if that's the the choice here, then I got to go with Georgetown. Well, you know what? I am glad to hear that Johns Hopkins finally declassified their cyber warfare classes, you know, <laughs> just making the education available to all of us. I love it. Um, yeah. <laughs> also, I love that story because I love the advice about asking questions, right? It's it's such a simple thing, but asking the right question, the right people is so telling. And I'm, 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 that's really good advice and good insight. Um, so thank you for that. So progressing on a little bit. Can you tell us a little bit about where you're working now, what field you're in, uh, and just details about what you're doing? So, yeah, right now I work at a think tank called Third Way. Um, we're a center-left policy think tank. People are probably familiar with the Center for American Progress. We are kind of similar to them, but a little bit more um, to the center-left. We're constantly looking towards um, bipartisan opportunities for bipartisan solutions, thinking about what the swing voter kind of has in mind. Um, and here I specialize in um, really the intersection of cyber policy and law enforcement and national security. So it's, I mean, a really incredible opportunity because it has a lot of the same uh, things that attracted me originally to Georgetown in graduate school. Um, I focus a lot on encryption as a policy issue relating to law enforcement, um, the challenges it poses to investigations and to counterterrorism or serious crime like human trafficking, and the kinds of opportunities and risks that really exist around it. So something today that did not exist uh, 10 years ago when I was applying to graduate school is really large market of uh, hacking tool companies that sell hacking tools uh, that, that sell tools to hack into smartphones, um, primarily selling these to intelligence agencies, police agencies, um, in order to attack serious crime like counter like counterterrorism. But oftentimes these are these are sold without a lot of attention paid to, okay, what are the human rights, what's the human rights record of the country we're, we're selling this to? So it goes to a place like Bangladesh, where it's used by death squads, or it's sold to, um, you know, a government like, uh, like Saudi Arabia, where it's used to investigate human rights activists and journalists and, you know, to me, I'm I'm interested in if if a technology like this exists that can allow people to still have the security of a strongly encrypted iPhone 
or smartphone or computer while still enabling law enforcement in extreme circumstances to attack serious crime and national security threats, then I'm I'm interested in trying to make that work. But the problem right now is it's an incredibly dangerous dual-use technology, and the regulatory environment just does not exist to account for uh, that that the serious risks involved in uh, in these tools proliferating. Well, on behalf of everyone that has smartphones, and you know, we're obviously talking through a computer right now. Thank you for doing that. That's incredibly <laughs> important, impactful work that affects all of us. So, transitioning from there, I'm curious, how did your SSP experience impact your current career, your outlook, and kind of your interest? Uh, it seems like you really have a passion for uh, what you do, and I'm curious how SSP was a part of that. Yeah, um, I mean, it was really essential just for me coming from a hard science background um, in in math. You know, it it was hard enough for me just studying math in college, especially at the University of Chicago. It's extremely theoretical. Everything they do in every field is very theoretical, including math. So even just thinking, what can I do? Like, what are any applications of what I'm learning here? was very difficult. Think about like applications in the real world was very difficult. That's why I originally was attracted to cryptography, uh, because cryptography is a real world application of a lot of high level mathematical concepts. And then from studying cryptography was interested in, you know, I, I finished college right around the time of the Edward Snowden leaks. And there was a large push in Silicon Valley towards implementing end-to-end um, -end encryption in, um, in chat applications and full disk encryption on smartphones and computers. This was the sort of um, prelude to, uh, people might remember the San Bernardino shooting, an investigation when the FBI could not get into the shooter's iPhone. So I was kind of looking down the uh, pathway of where we were going when full disk encryption was becoming the default mode and saying, you know, this is going to be a serious issue for law enforcement and for counterterrorism, which is a few like, you know, steps away from just studying really pure mathematics where even just using numbers is too concrete. <laughs> so SSB helped me kind of think about what were the apple what 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 was the use of all of this really technical knowledge that I had and also I mean I think you know I've heard it I've heard it said before many times that the best way to find a job in DC is to move to DC and I think that that's very true and you know I found I found such a such a rewarding career in this city and I don't know how I could have done it if I did not come here and I definitely would not have wanted to move here and just twiddle my thumbs until I find work um so you know it gave me really an opportunity to move here network get an idea of the job market and put myself out there while also learning more and um and exploring opportunities uh to do research to do internships uh and to really establish myself here well, that is a fantastic answer. I mean, you definitely hit on a lot of points there. I I mean, DC really is kind of a beast in, in itself in terms of like the opportunities that exist here, the networks, um, kind of the self-enclosed nature of, of, you know, the community that lives here and works here, especially the interest area, right, that you're talking about, very big here in DC. And I love it that you're able to translate your technical knowledge into really change making, really approaching a policy level change making endeavor. It's 
anyways, I'm, I'm singing your praise, but I think you're great. So I'm glad, I'm glad you're here talking to us and <laughs> I'm you. glad we're sharing this story with um, the SSB community, but moving right along, I wanted to open it up a little bit and see if you have any advice uh, for students seeking a, a career in a similar field to you. Um, you know, what challenges, you know, have you encountered? What, what general advice or guidance would you give to them? Yeah, I think um, in particular, if if they're looking to something um, in the cyber and technology space, you know, an opportunity that like uh, is is particularly of interest to me is uh, is Tech Congress, the work that they do in really trying to bridge the gap between pure technologists and pure policy specialists. This is a, a fellowship opportunity that. Um, will give people who may be like, you know, a software developer without any actual political science background an opportunity to apply, let's say, their understanding of chatbots like ChatGPT or um, or encryption like, I, like I'm interested in or 5G and take that expertise, bring it to Congress and serve as basically a, a narrow but strong subject matter expert um, as Congress tries to tackle these issues, I think is a really interesting opportunity. Um, another one is the Boren Scholarship or for graduate students, the Boren Fellowship. Uh, if you're interested in language study, uh, is particularly, I think, a good opportunity for people in SSP if they're interested in going on to working for government can open a lot of doors to not just give you the opportunity to study, but from there comes with an actual commitment to spend some time working in government or public service. And so so that's a really excellent opportunity, I think, both in the short and medium term career wise. And, you know, more macro level, I think, just really keeping an open mind. Um, my career has very much, uh, you know, I'm able to kind of package it and present it in contexts like this as a sort of very straightforward and rewarding thing. But I've absolutely faced setbacks and found myself in jobs before where I'm sort of looking around and thinking, what am I doing here? This is not what I wanted to do. Like, where do I go from here? How do I get out of this uh, rut? And, you know, it's, it's taken time. But from each of those positions, I've been able to um, move on and look back and see what I've learned from there, um, what I'm able to take away and be able to kind of being somewhere new, look back and say, you know, while I was working at this, uh, at this consulting job or this nonprofit job, you know, I had this experience and I learned this important lesson. And that's what's informing my decision or my thoughts here in this new, uh, in this new career. That was a, uh, Brilliant and very succinct piece of advice. Obviously, I, if I understood correctly, perseverance, right? You know, having a goal, knowing what you're interested in, even if you're not there, continuing to work after, you know, where you want to be, where you want to go, you know, using those networks, talking to those people, getting those skills. I think it's fantastic. And most importantly, kind of making the best of a situation. You know, you may not be in the place you want to be in the career, the job you want to be, but there's still an important lesson that you can derive from that. I think that's brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm definitely, you know, I'm an, I'm a very impatient person, so I'm not going to lie. It's not easy for me to find myself in a position where I'm frustrated and don't know what, like, is the is the kind of direction I'm going in for the next year or six months or what have you. But, um, you know, time moves forward and uh, and eventually does uh, confer some meaning to even the difficult experiences we go through. <laughs> Amen. Amen. 
came in on the lighter end. I wanted to ask if you had a memorable or favorite course at SSP. You know, what was it? Why did you like it? You know, who was the professor? Uh, be curious to see if, um, you know, I've taken any of the courses with this professor, for example. Yeah, so I think my favorite um, was prop would probably have to be Cyber War with um, Professor Ferenkrug. Um, I'm not sure if it's still offered, but Ferenkrug and I come from uh, similar sort of academic pedigree. He got his PhD at the University of Chicago, where I was working as a research assistant for a professor. And so, you know, he he came to cyber warfare from the same kind of academic milieu as um, as I had, which was very theoretical and looking for overarching um, uh, conceptual structures to understand cyber warfare, similar to the way I had worked for a professor studying suicide terrorism. Um, who'd gotten interested in that field right around 9-11, where it was totally out of left field, grabbing headlines and extremely difficult to make sense of what is motivating this. How do we, what do we do about it? You know, <clears throat> and, you know, he was able to build this database of all these suicide terrorist attacks and understand, okay, this seems to be driven largely by a sense of dispossession by, um, you know, indigenous communities whose, whose land is being occupied. And so, you know, his early takeaway was before the Iraq war, this is really a dangerous thing to move in and risk occupying this country of Iraq and runs a high risk of exacerbating the suicide terrorist threat. Turned out to be, unfortunately, a very prescient warning. And so trying to take the same kind of approach to cyber warfare back in like the 2010s, when again, you had this issue of something that's that's similar, that's sort of hard to wrap your head around. I mean, in some ways, even more uh, baffling than suicide terrorism, because it's not even something you can visually just grasp. The sort of capstone of the class was to prepare your own sort of conceptual framework of how to understand this based on other military concepts of of the of the course of military struggles. So I think he sort of led people to try to think of this in the context of naval power of attacking and controlling lines of communication um the way of the sea, you know, we care about the um, freedom of navigation in places like uh, the Taiwan Strait or the Strait of Malacca. I took a totally different tack and said, I think air power is the best way to understand it. And even though, you know, it was not his sort of preconception, he helped me kind of build that up. And um, and I was able to create something original that I felt very strongly was the best way to understand cyber warfare and yeah, that was that was just a really great opportunity for me to formulate my own thinking. Well, I hope you got an A in it because it sounds like you were certainly <laughs> interested and engaged and committed in it. <laughs> I did. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Mike, I have one more question for you. Um, I want to thank you again for joining us. We always like to end the show uh, with a bit of advice to the students, kind of speaking directly to them. Um, you know, all your stories and anecdotes and insight have been really helpful. But we, we we like to ask, you know, if there was one piece of advice you wish you had received as an SSP student, you know, that would help you go down this road that you've gone down or been helpful, you know, foresight, what would that have been? Yeah, I think oh, this is a really tricky one. Um, I mean, one piece of advice that I think I really have followed myself is uh, to just 
try to find what you are passionate about. I hope, you know, ideally um none of the none of the listeners are joining SSP just in some sort of like reluctant eye-rolling mindset the way their parents would nudge them to medical school or law school. You know, think about what drives you, what you're passionate about, you know, protecting your your country or, you know, just a deep academic interest in some subject or area of the world and just really immerse yourself in that passion in um studying it and um and looking for opportunities in it. It's the kind of way that I try to exist myself, even when I'm, you know, off my, off the clock, you know, I watch TV, movies, and spend time reading about the same kinds of subjects that I'm working on between the hours of nine and five. And it is really like thriving in that mindset in that area that has I think helped me bring my most bring the most of me to to work um it does also I mean run the risk that you know if you face an unfortunate career setback like a layoff or something along those lines that you know it it really twists the knife (laughs) if that is the sort of thing that is getting that is not just like getting you uh to work but getting you up in the morning it's you know a double-edged sword but i mean i i'm happy with where it's brought me today and i think that you know if you're at least interested in bringing if you're interested in performing at your highest level and really striving for excellence i think that advice to just find your passion and immerse yourself in it uh, and and make that your North Star is really the best advice I can give. Very helpful. Very helpful. All, all of this has been very insightful. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with the student body. As a reminder, the views expressed on this podcast are the views of the participants alone and do not represent the views or opinions of Georgetown University, the Precision Guided Podcast, or any other agency. Thank you for listening to the Precision Guided Podcast. Follow the Georgetown Security Studies Review on social media to stay up to date on the latest Precision Guided Podcast episodes and GSSR content. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, or you can visit our website at georgetownsecuritystudiesreview.org. Thank you to all listeners out there. This is the Precision Guided Podcast, the official podcast of the Georgetown Security Studies Review. Thank you.